time for Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Identical twins who swam the placental waters together and have navigated life as identical individuals. At childhood, the brothers shared clothes, a room, and birthdays, thus fortifying their bond. Nevertheless, their differences became apparent. While Jose and Angel love country, family, and rock and roll, they rarely see eye to eye. The only constant is their unique alliance and rivalry. They may have shared the room, but they don't share opinions. And welcome to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I'm Angel. And this is yet another edition of Twin Talk with Jose and Angel coming to you live from Theo and Luis's garage. Somewhere undisclosed because we're covert like that. That's how yeah. we do it. Otherwise, Theo and Luis might not like it because we do it here every single week. You know why? Because all the niñas will be coming and my Theo will get all mad at him. <laughs> well, we are so honored and happy and glad that you're with us again every week. Every week you guys tune in to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Because we're faithful like that. And, so, And we appreciate you being the same. Everybody all over the world who listens to we us. We really do. We really appreciate the fact that you tune in on www.twintalkcast.com. And we also appreciate for you who subscribe on iTunes or at our website as at well. TwinTalkCast.com. iTunes, search for Jose Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. And we are going to you live. It's pretty dope, you guys, when you punch in there and you see my brother <laughs> and me. We're going live Show. on the largest, dopest, biggest internet radio network, Live365.com. And also, you can listen to our archives and Listen to our radio station on Live 365. We have some pretty dope uh, music on there that you don't hear anywhere else because people like to come to our show and just kind of show our fans what they're all about. Talk about our archives. Last week, we had a fantastic show. Our show last week, as our special guest, we had Mary from American Idol. A uh, former con- contestant from American Idol. Boy, Ma- she's got some pies. Mary Powers, Powers with her band, Death, Death on Radio. Then Death on on the radio. Death on the radio. And anyways, they performed an awesome acoustic punk set here in the garage. And um, she got to finish what she didn't get to finish when she auditioned. If you watched her on American Idol when she auditioned, she sang a short a little a cappella version of, uh, of Pat Benatar's Love is a Battlefield. And last week, uh, she performed an acoustic punk. You guys got to you guys got to play it, man. She rocks. She's got some pipes on her, man. She did. And uh, also, we had uh, just so you know, ladies and gentlemen, if you listen to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, your dreams may come true. <laughs> we had a musician, ten-year-old Justin Pittman, out of Bakersfield, who had a campaign on Facebook. See, and see, you, and, well, let me finish. Facebook, YouTube, and on Twin Talk. Where he was, tr- he, he was trying to get on stage with Cheryl Crow. Cheryl Crow was going to perform at the Fox Theater in Bakersfield, and he wanted to perform with her. And he was singing at the park at Bakersfield. He uh, 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 he he came out on the, some of the local networks, uh, NBC, the local uh, chapter. Is that how you say? It? Yeah, a local affiliate, a local affiliate, and another one, and. He came out on our show and he pleaded. No, he didn't plead. He called out Cheryl Crow <laughs> on our show. You guys got to check it out. And let me tell you, um, and he, it happened. It happened. <laughs> it happened last week. Justin Pittman, ten-year-old Justin Pittman, got on stage with Cheryl 
freaking crow because guess what Cheryl Crow listens to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel <laughs> or at least her now you know <laughs> so um, we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens listen, listen to our interview with him last week and he's going to be with us today tell that's, us all about it that's right I can't wait to talk to him that was cool so you know uh, I guess I sort of kind of already teased the part of the, Nick, the show today yeah and so let's give him a shout out yeah shout out to Justin Pittman shout congratulations Justin. to you man also so you can go to our webpage and twintalkcast.com and listen to last week's show and all our other shows which are archived there's and a lot of good shows a lot of good shows I go back there all the time just to listen to music you just want to listen to yourself yeah. brother <laughs> I, I want to see how silly I sound. You, you know? do sound silly. I do. I'm here to tell you. Uh, what can I say? Anyway, so um, yeah, that was an awesome show last week. But this week, fantastic show. We are so excited and honored that from um, HGTV's House Hunters um, and from uh, a comedian extraordinaire, she was on. She was on ABC's General Hospital. Did you say comedian. Comedian. That's what I said. Okay. Comedian extraordinaire. I'm trying to get on ABC's General <laughs> Hospital on Fox After Breakfast. Co-host of TV's Censored Bloopers. Suzanne Wong, Wong. is going to be with us right today on. here in Theo Luis's garage. She is so cool. I've met her. I've worked with her, and uh, she's just a really cool chick. She's a minister too. I, no way. Yeah, she's a minister. Can you I like that? the I like the la- the the lady she plays. The I like that she it. plays on uh, on Las Vegas. Oh yeah, she plays the uh, the, the chinita at the uh, yeah. at the beauty salon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's really funny. But anyway, anyway Suzanne Wong. I can't Su- wait to meet Suzanne Wong's going to be with us here tonight uh, in Theo Luis's garage. Also, also again, we're going to have a conversation with Justin Pittman, uh, the ten-year-old musician. He's going to give us the update and let us know how it went, how Cheryl Crow listens to Twin Talk, and how he met her and all that good stuff. <laughs> Hey, I hope he gave her a bumper sticker. Yeah, but <laughs> like she put it on her on her on her a bumper sticker for her bump. <laughs> also, today on um, Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, we have once again with her current events. Jonesy's going to be in the house, right? Jonesy, say hello. Hello. Jonesy's in the house. See, hi, baby. Prove it to me. <laughs> What's up? Jonesy's in the house. Jonesy's in the house. Gotcha. <laughs> jo- Jonesy's got her current events with us today, so. Um, Stay tuned for that. She's always got something interesting and happening and stuff. You know what I'm saying? For sure. So how was your week, man? My week was good, man. I uh, <laughs> I cleaned out my garage. Finally. It took me dude. a minute to remember that. <laughs> Finally. I took everything out and blew it out, and then I put it all back in. Did you get rid of anything that you need to get rid of? No, not yet. No? But I set up a little table there. It's all kickback there now. I, I celebrated by killing a six-pack there. It's, <laughs> it's the chill lounge now, right? Yeah, it's the chill lounge for sure. What about you, man? You you feeling better now? Yeah, I, I got I got really sick. Look, I got my medication right here. Listen. Drogas. <laughs> I, I got pretty sick this week, but my doctor assured me that after two days of taking this medication, I am no longer uh, contagious. And I, you, I've been on it for four days. Are you sure you're not contagious? Uh, that's what he said. Okay. I pay the doctor money. Okay. You know, um, I've been on it. Maybe you should put a condom on that mic there. <laughs> it's my mic, and no one's using it. <laughs> also, I got, look over there. I got the ant- antibacterial wipes right there. Okay. And that orange and white thing. Okay. I wiped it. I wiped things down before you guys sat down. I did. Okay, because uh, I care about the guests. I, awesome, I care bro. about you guys. Anyways, no. I was sick. I was in bed for two days, dude. I was in bed, and awesome. dude, what my savior could have done. That. My savior, dude, is otherwise you can't sleep. Is Nyquil? I love Nyquil, and right now I'm on a Dayquil high. 
That's the bomb, dude. NyQuil's good, man. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes if you don't have any beer left. <laughs> anyway, so let's go to the shout-outs, brother. You got some shout-outs? I do. All right, let's hear them. I want to say hello to Will Hollins in Australia, Holmes. You're listening again. Thanks, Holmes. We really appreciate that. One of these days, hit me, uh, inbox me or something on Facebook. And uh, Johnny D. Rocks at uh, Paladino's Club. He's a cool cat. We've been talking. Hopefully, we talk again soon. And uh, Jess Bazmaster. I dig that name. Where'd you get it what's, from? What is that name? Bazmaster? Bazmaster. Give us a call at... Oh, what's our number here? one six two six two seven five twin Yeah, I forgot to say that. Call. Anybody can call in any time. 626-275-TWIN. And let, let us know what that name's about. It's pretty cool, right? And uh, All right. I want to say hello to Margaret Guterres Ramirez. Do you remember Margie? She used to hang out with Linda and, and, uh, and Annie. I remember Margie. Margie, yeah. Yes. Man, people just come out of the woodwork when they know we're famous. They used to, <laughs> <laughs> they used to come visit my sister. And, and yeah, Margie was cool. us in our Spider-Man pajamas. <laughs> we were the cool little twins. Do you, do you remember Back we both the had the same Spider-Man pajamas? Yeah, I remember. Of course I did. Because we were spider twins. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know... <laughs> Hey, hey, what's up, Margie? Hello. Thanks for listening. Really hey, appreciate it. Hey, Jackie Casas. It's Jackie Casas, and I'm sure her posse is listening as well. JC in the house. Uh, Izzy, Izzy Miller. Uh, Danny XS. What's up, Holmes? And we got a listener in Turkey. First time check-in. I'm not sure. If Another listener in Turkey. Ebru Korkmaz. Ebru? Ebru Korkmaz. Listen, Ebru, thank you so much for listening all the way out from out in Turkey. That's like our second listener in Turkey that we know of. Uh, that we know of. Yeah, there's probably there's, more. There's many in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a closet listener in Turkey? There's help for you. Hey, what's up, Lee? Uh, Lee Powers, uh, Al Lopez, and Greg Esparza. What's up, homie? Uh, Ish Cruz listening again. You guys, check... Go to their Facebook. There, there are. We've liked them, and we want you to like them too. Because liked. they got a bunch of shows coming up, and they're really dope. They're for real. You got to check them out. Cassandra Balintoni's listening. What's up, Cassandra? She left a message on our Facebook for Suzanne Wong, and uh, uh, hopefully uh, Suzanne can get to it, or we will. She's called Peeps. And también para la gente puro chapinazo, Sandy Ruby Aldana and her husband Andy. Billy Castillo, Diana Padilla, Veronica Orizaba, and Mario Orizaba from Georgia. <laughs> but they're all chapines, so there's your chapinazo on the radio. <laughs> okay. Hey, look, at Lulu chimes in on Facebook and says, Angel doesn't have to get sick to stay in bed for two days. And another shout-out to my kids, uh, Angel Ray uh, and Mario Adrian, and my daughter, Samantha. She's actually uh, hit her up at Express Cuts. Uh, she's a licensed cosmetologist. 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 Eso, eso. It's and they got a place in El Monte, 10, 420, Laura Souza Road, El Monte, California. Express Cuts, 626 Three one and right now, if you go right now for a limited time, let them know that we t we sent you the twins, and they'll give you a free conditioning treatment and blow dry with every every purchase you get. That's my baby. She'll pimp your hair, eh? <laughs> Ciao. Hey, uh, yeah, she's adorable. She's beautiful and she's smart, and she's actually a, pr a really darn good cosmetologist. She's herself. A, yeah, she's pretty talented indeed. So that's cool. Awesome shout outs. We really appreciate you guys listening. Please yeah. tell a friend. 
And you know what? It's uh, okay. Don't be ashamed. Tell your friends that, you know, the ones that tell you, oh, you know, uh, my my uh, my my nephew, Pepito, <laughs> he was riding his bicycle in the alley and he got run over. So, you know, <laughs> I missed the show. Well, tell them that they can subscribe to our show and listen to the show the next day. Here, this is what I'm going to do right now. This is what I'm going to do right now. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, this is a public service announcement. There are, uh, there are many ways that you can listen to our show. You don't have to go online and listen to us sitting at a computer. Is a garage door open? <laughs> you don't have to go online and listen to our computer. You can just you can download the applications on your Android phone, on your BlackBerry, and on your iPhone. So right now we're going to take a minute, and while you're sitting there on your computer, pick up your smartphone. Go ahead. Pick it up. <laughs> or like we call it Mine's in the body, your smart-ass phone. <laughs> okay, now pick it up. Now... Pick up your smartphone. Once you do, go to your applications and look up Live 365. That's Live 365. No space. Go ahead. Hey, John McBride. What's up, Holmes? You're listening in. Thanks a lot, Holmes. Okay. When you do that, download that application. Download that application. And once you do, there, look under the talk genre, talk genre, and look for Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Put that on your presets. Let me wait for you. Okay. Really? <laughs> really? I want to make sure these people do it. Okay. Once you do hey, that. They're having their tacos right hold now. Hold on a second. on a beer listening to Los Cuates. See, that, I want to give them mobility, bro. <laughs> I want them to, I want the freedom of this PC. Freedom? They don't want. What's the, a freedom? The, the, I want to free them from their PCs. Okay. And Macs. So they can walk away from it. Oh, and they put the headphones on it. And they could put their headphones on their smartphone. And put their hubs, while you're put their smartphones on their hips on their on their asses while they walk or while they work out. While they sit in the tub naked while reading a book. Thanking their kid for doing something wrong. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, download that application. Put us on preset and you can listen to us 365 7 days a week. 24-7. Feed me. You there you go. That is our public service announcement. ¿A dónde me van a llevar, eh? <laughs> now it's time for Jonesy's <laughs> current events. Hey, Jonesy. Hello. Hey, let's let's give her an applause. Come on. Ciao. <laughs> Jonesy's back. How you been, Jonesy? I'm good. How about you guys? All right. Where have you been? How was your week or two? Uh, it's been good. I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> Talking to the mic, please. Am, am I not talking <laughs> into the mic? I'm there sure it doesn't reach me very well. There you go. <laughs> so, so you, we miss you. Every time you're not here, we miss you. There's no Jonesy without a Jonesy, right? I miss you guys, too. Well, we really appreciate that you're back. Here, I, I gotta, I'm got messing with this thing, and I'm pushing the buttons. So, so, okay, what do you got for current events for us today? Okay, so I figured I'm going to give you all some actual current events today. Okay. And then we'll, we'll mix it up after with my stupid state, which I have yet to decide, as always. Okay, well, we'll let the listeners decide. You can always dial at 626-275-TWIN. 626-275-TWIN to call live into Tia Luis's garage. Okay, so uh, do you guys hear they finally came to an agreement on the debt ceiling being raised? Okay, okay. Can you believe they went on for months? Dude, we do that all the time. Can you eh? believe they went for months? Months. Like two months on this debt ceiling. No, it's been longer than that because the military was supposed to not get paid, right? Because it was the same one. Right. And then they extended it. They Wait were supposed a second. to not get paid back in Wait April. Wait a second. All they had to do was put some bumping music and raise the roof. <laughs> raise the roof. Here's the deal. <laughs> Here's what I got to say about this. Um <laughs> Since nineteen, <laughs> since nineteen sixty, 
Since, since like 1964 or 68, the debt ceiling, the United States debt ceiling has been raised over 70 times. Okay, now that means like, let's say you have credit cards or credit debt that you, that you call to the credit card companies and say, you know what, I've been living beyond my means. Do you mind raising my credit limit again? 74 times. Okay, do you think that your bank is going to do that for you? At once, much less 74 times. I just don't get what the big deal is. If they've done it 74 times, why not make it 75? No, no because the, because we're never going to get out of debt. Never. We're, okay, this administration has always put already put us in the biggest debt in history, and now they're asking uh, for us to raise the debt ceiling because... All administrations since, uh, since they gave rule to the bank... You well, can't no. blame it on one. No, in fact, it's not even the administration; it's the bank. Actually, reduced it, and then Bush came in and raised uh, it to more. Oh, a so, little I mean, bit. That if you want to look at that, George, I mean, w, George W. Bush what, did did come into a surplus. I yeah. admit that. I admit that. Okay, but, that, but you know, but two things <laughs> happened. I admit it, of course. No, but two things voted for him. But two things happened. Can I say what two two things happened? One, nine eleven. Two, war. Okay, and whenever we go into war, inevitably you're going to go into debt. Inevitably, but before, let me finish. But, but let me finish. Speaking. But let me finish. During the eight years, even during those eight years that Bush was a, was a president, and during the time of uh, of war, uh, we were in our most um, uh, uh, prosperous <laughs> times. Well, that's because historically speaking, going into war, it does not create debt. It creates more jobs, which boosts our economy. Well, and and that's and that's historical. Wait a second, you guys. This is the kind the the discussion that we continue on, and it takes a file out of what really is. The, the to answer your question is your bank going to do that for you? Raise your, your no, no, because no, your name is Jose. But Hernandez, you know what? In essence, they are. You know why? They're doing it to our uh, to yeah. to our country, to our government, and that's how they how we're never ever going to be free. Because our government's constantly going to be in debt, and it's going to reduce the the value of the dollar, dollar, keeping us at bay as a people. And 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 it doesn't matter what administration or nothing; it's the banks that are making it happen. It, you know, so don't, you know that we're not we're not having we're not looking at what what we should be looking. Well, at. We, well listen, what we need to be looking at. Look, here's the good thing about the debt ceiling and the, and the compromise that the the Democrats and the Republicans came in, came into, is that the Democrats who were vilified throughout this whole process as not willing to not willing to compromise. Well, that's because they didn't want in a time of recession they did not want any taxes raised because it doesn't make sense to raise taxes during a recession. And two, they wanted to implement as part of the debt ceiling being raised. They wanted to implement. A um, a um, um, uh, what do you call it? Balancing the budget. Unfortunately, the balancing the budget did not make it through this bill. It didn't make it through. But they did raise the debt ceiling, and they did not raise taxes. And that was because. And you call them what you want. Today, yesterday, the uh, the vice president called the Tea Party terrorists. He called them terrorists because he says they use terrorist tactics to do whatever they wanted to do. They did not. If it wasn't for the Tea Party, Why and I'm not a Tea Party. explosives I, on their chest? Exactly. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't. What kind of words is that? If it wasn't for the, for the really conservatives, they wouldn't have, for real conservatives, they wouldn't have come into this compromise where they would have, and they would have raised taxes during a time of recession. Do we need our taxes raised more? No. We need the government to run on a balanced budget and not keep asking for more money. You know what we need? We need to want less. 
That's the government. It, it, no, us, as you know a people. What, I don't think it's necessarily just the government because, like Angel said, that is people. You know, back in the 60s and 50s, people did not take out loans to buy houses they couldn't afford. They saved money to buy houses. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, right. people rely so much yeah, on but credit what, that what ha- it's okay for the government yeah, but, to do it see, because. What's happening? But that's not the point. But that you, makes, of course it is, but that's not the point. We don't need the government, which but, is. But the, no, the. Forget about it. Forget the government. What the banks are relying on is that we want. And as we want, we start to hold on to, and then we start to create this kind of partisans. And what happens in this partisan... You mean partisanship? Partisanship. And what happens is we get caught up in trying to hold on. Meanwhile, the, the, the bank runs their agenda. And their agenda is. <laughs> always, you've always had some conspiracy theory it, going on. Their here. agenda <laughs> is to amass as much wealth as possible. Well, maybe agendas are. Is, is, okay, look. It's, it's okay, the, this is, systematically you're, made that way. You're going on a tangent, but I will respond it's to not. that tangent. What is wrong? <laughs> Jose, Jose what, anything it, that, that is not what you're talking about <laughs> is a tangent. Here's what I got. <laughs> and you okay. know what? <clears throat> by, by the very nature that I'm your twin. I'm a tangent. <laughs> so, te chingaste, Holmes. <laughs> okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Okay, what you say that gets? What is wrong with a bank wanting to amass money? By by nature, that's what they're supposed to do. Uh-huh, indeed. What is wrong with it, wa- amassing wealth? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with amassing There's wealth. There's nothing wrong it's with it. It's the fear of, of losing what, what you really don't need. It's, it's okay, now you're pain. really going on a tangent. Yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> if, if we wouldn't want so much, we wouldn't be caught up on want and, and trying to attain. It's like a child. Okay, let me give you an example. Do you, what, we, what, our, what our people were doing at the house, you know? Uh, those representatives at the house, right? They were having a fight over the video game. <laughs> the little kids, when you're at your house, and some little kid starts crying and comes up to you like a real kid saying, "I wanted to play that that man," okay? And the other one doesn't want to let go. That's that's a, a child wanting something that that just doesn't really need, but just out of the mere wanting of it and not having of it is is uh, um, uh, consumed by it. You are, and that's what is happening in our... And, and when people are, are doing these kind of de- debates and stuff like that, are we really helping humanity by <laughs> balancing a budget that we don't really have? I got to say something, bro. Okay, we have to let it go and just... And just that it has to flow that way. I got to say something. And only like that we're going to find out that, that the banks... <laughs> Are making, are feeding on our okay. on our weak nature. Okay, I gotta say something. You Period. you just you just described the House and the Senate, and you compared them to a couple of kids fighting over the PSP. Yes, indeed. And I totally agree with you. <laughs> You're supposed to be going back and forth. You're not supposed to agree. I agree on this one. I can't disagree. It's it's okay. True. Okay. So, so you get me. You get rid of the want, and. Fuck the banks. But, you know, getting rid of the want is becoming a communist society. But that's another story. Let's go, <laughs> let's go on to the next current event. What do you got going on, babe? Um, next, next. Oh, my gosh. I know that Jose is not the biggest fan, but I am also very happy to say the Football League finally went off strike. They did. Yeah. Last Thursday. Who was on strike? The NFL. The NFL. <laughs> they finally came off strike. You didn't know that? 
TV. What bad work? Bad working conditions. (laughs) (laughs) I say. You'd have to pay me a no, lot of was, money too. It was the actually it was the national the um the league players association. So it was union. It was a, it was a big huge union strike, mm-hmm. and obviously it was just about you know the billions of millions of dollars that they can't use to bail us out of you know the United States out. But hey, you know, in the end they they're done. Monday night football returns, which makes me happy. Just on time, right? Well, yeah. hey, you it, know, makes, it makes it makes you time. happy for for what team? Raiders fan, oh. and I don't care what anybody says about it. <laughs> tried and true. I went to my very first game when I was five years old, and Where? I even at the Coliseum. And I even remember the chick behind me who flashed everybody. And it's so funny because oh, at, at five years old, you don't know what flashing is, so I didn't realize it. And then I guess one day, you know, fifteen years later, I was thinking about the game, and I was like, "Oh shit, she flashed everybody." I get it now. Anyways. Yeah. Now here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Those of you who want to get on Jonesy's case for being a, a Raiders fan, dial 626-275-TWIN <laughs> and let her know why she shouldn't be a Raiders fan. <laughs> I went to a Raiders game about uh, 25 years ago with a couple of friends, Lewis and Angel, uh, when they played here at the Coliseum in Los Angeles. And uh, I wasn't a football fan, but my friends wanted to root against them and root for the Minnesota Vikings because Hopefully you got their asses kicked. <coughs> well, here's the deal: we showed up. We were in the we were in the nosebleed section, and um, uh, we got people throwing beer and peanuts and food at us, and it got so rowdy up there that because the police, dude, what's again, again, what's that noise? The police, LAPD, was security at the Coliseum, and they had to come up and escort us out of the Coliseum because. We were causing too much. Oh, because you're wearing Viking stuff. Because you wasn't the Dodgers. You know, I hate to say it, but um, that's what you guys get. <laughs> I mean, but, have you ever seen Raiders fans? I'm probably like the but, nicest, sweetest looking yeah, one of them all. We walked down from the nosebleed section all the way down, and we were being showered in peanuts and beer. And I don't know why I did it. I'm not even a football fan. <laughs> you know what why? Because they're like, Peer hey, pressure. That's, that's that Vato from Twin Talk. <laughs> 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 he gets on my nerves, eh? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's what happened. Anyway, so dial two six two six two seven five twin if you want to get on our I'll case. Tell you, I'll or tell you my radio, na- my radio, my radio. Keep interrupting me. I can never finish yeah. a sentence. I'll tell you my radio nation one sentence. next time. Let me finish okay. a sentence. Finish a sentence. Okay, I just finished a <laughs> sentence. Go ahead. Go ahead. And look. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's my turn. Yes. Sorry. Um. Okay, let's move on to some funny current events. I'm not real good at the like actual news. <laughs> I, I like the crazy stuff. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. Okay, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Did I ever tell you guys I dislike Pittsburgh? Probably I, number two to Texas. I like Pittsburgh. Really? I've been there. I know that it's the city of brotherly there's, love. Yeah, there's a lot lot of number twos are Texas free. No. Texas no, no, free. no, 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 no. Philadelphia. Oh, that's Philadelphia. Philadelphia okay, is a city Never of mind. I like it less now. Pittsburgh is a city of steel. It's the city of the Steelers. Yes, and they steal. I don't like that. Oh, you're not a Steelers fan. I'm not a Steelers fan. Yeah. Sorry to all my friends who are Steelers fans, but it'll never happen. So what happened in Pittsburgh? Okay. Micah Kalamoska tried to carjack an undercover cop. (laughs) Cop was sitting there. He was a detective, you know, chilling in his car on the street. And Micah gets into the passenger seat and tells him to get out of the car. The cop pulls a gun, points it at his face, and says, get the F out of my car. (laughs) 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 Now, Micah tells the officer that he was part of filming for The Dark Knight, 
Rises, you know the new super or the new Batman movie. Oh, part told two. The cop this? He told the cop he was part of the crew and that it was part of the script for him to steal the car. <laughs> wait, wait, were they filming in Pittsburgh? Yeah, they're filming. He in picked Pittsburgh. up his iPhone and started filming. See, <laughs> see, smile. <laughs> this is your line. <laughs> I'm sure the cops like. Am I on punked? I'm gonna get the guys in the station for this. Okay, so you know? finish, finish what he's what, so it. he's in jail. He got oh, arrested gosh. for for attempted robbery, and you know he's gonna like get the full maximum sentence that possible exists. Uh-huh. They're gonna come out with some, you know, laws you never top. heard of. Like, <laughs> really, where is that? Page forty five, I uh, line three, blah blah blah. So that was one. <laughs> this one's pretty funny. Go down to Florida, Marathon, Florida. Fifty three year old Thomas Swindle was out um, fishing with his brother Kenneth Florida, Florida. in Florida. Basically, they're out fishing, having a nice, relaxing day. They find a floating brick of a white substance. Okay, in Florida. In Florida, uh-huh. you know. Where are they swimming in the? In no, the, they were fishing. In the lake, in the in, a, in the ocean. In the ocean, I'm guessing. What was it? Baking know. soda. Oh no, that would have bubbled up. <laughs> we don't know. Um, basically, Thomas decided to snort it. <laughs> so after taking a couple lines. He was good. They go back to their fishing. 90 minutes later, he starts flipping out. Where was this? In Marathon, Florida. <laughs> he said they, this, he, it's what he told the authorities, right? <laughs> that they found, he found this like floating, right? Well, he starts flipping out, um, getting dangerous and strange. And his brother was even quoted as saying, not like someone who's high on coke. Like he was really scaring him. He started to throw things into the water. He threw a cell phone in, the VHF like radio into the water, <laughs> ripped off part of their engine, basically making the boat undrivable. And was just going crazy. So he finally flagged down a passing by boat, and they admitted him to the hospital, and he died. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Really? He died. They don't know what it is. Like, they're still waiting the autopsy to figure out what it is he actually snorted, but, like... Oh, they don't know what it is. They don't know what it is. It's not Coke. I mean... Yeah, that's well, pretty m- bad stuff. And I mean, that's pretty crazy. Baking soda? Probably. <laughs> no, I don't think baking soda can kill you. You can brush your teeth, and you cook with baking soda. That's what he gets, man. That's right. I don't know. So, I mean, it that's what he gets. That. He should, yeah, like he picks something up and he snorts it. Yeah, like, I know. who does that? I know. That's like I'm walking down the street and pick up a sandwich <laughs> off the floor and just eat it. That's us? <laughs> <laughs> like, who does that? Oh, I got food poisoning. No shit. That's us. You <laughs> ate shit. <laughs> Uh, so that was uh, the the Florida. Uh, that was Florida. And <laughs> put um, that on his stamp. <laughs> 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 Lastly, we're gonna go over to Columbus, Ohio, uh-huh. where thirty year old Stephanie Robinette Robineau. I'm gonna guess it's Robineau. Um, basically, police responded to a domestic disturbance call, and Stephanie Robineau was in the vehicle and refused to get out. Police kept telling her to get out, and she refused. Uh-huh. So in, she, in Robineau, Michigan? No, her last name was Robineau. Oh. In Columbus, Ohio. Uh-huh. Um, so basically what happens is <laughs> she says she's not going to get out of the car because she's breastfeeding a child. And she whips out her boob. Uh-huh. And they still like, you know, I don't care. Get well, out the car. Uh-huh. Give them a, a, give them a pass. Well, was there a child? Or just, there was just, a baby. Okay. Because so I heard of that, you know, where girls whip out their boob and they get out of uh, Well, she whipped out her vehicle. <laughs> getting a <her> ticket. <laughs> showed, showed the police her boob, which, number one, indecent <laughs> exposure. Number two, she proceeds to Is squirt the cops with breast milk. <laughs> she, uh, she did? Yes. Uh, um, that's, that's a turn on. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, I'm sorry. Lactating circles, yes. Lactating woman. And, and, and I mean, really think about it. Like, like, like Jose said. Assault. What did they get it for? Assault with yes, a deadly weapon. Assault and obstruction bio, of justice. No, like a bio, uh, no, a bio no. Weapon. Not assault. A lactate. No, they, assault. A lactate. <laughs> so yeah, she's she's in jail now. Um, Got assaulted crazy. with a lactating weapon. It's like one of those stories I always think about. It's not salty. Stupid criminals. Like hey, usually when I'm assaulted, they take it away day. from hey, me. Hey, <laughs> okay, Angel, you gotta let people finish sentences, please. No, baby, give it back. You gotta let people finish it. No one. It's this is crazy. No one can understand what's being said. You're over here freaking talking. Let someone finish a sentence. Okay, so let, let's hear what happened exactly. Fi- finish, please. Oh, well, basically, yeah. She sprayed the cops with her breast milk and got arrested. <laughs> there, that's about it. Wow. What was the woman's name? Her name was Stephanie Ro- Robinette. Jersey maid. In, in, o- in Ohio. In Ohio. Yes. <laughs> it should have been in Steubenville, Ohio, right? <laughs> No man! Oh my gosh! Well, oh, I dig that shirt. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, what you know? Suzanne Wong just walked in. Hi, Suzanne. Wow! Woo-hoo, hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm, I'm the other twin. <laughs> I, I figured that. Nice to meet you. I'm and, digging your shirt. She's got the dude on her shirt. That's so cool. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have Suzanne in a little while. But jo- Josie, so what would you what would you what would you would be your your current events stupid state? <laughs> As much as the dumb guy snorting the unknown white substance was stupid, I mean, who squirts a cop? Who squirts anybody with <laughs> breast milk? Like, yeah, that cop was stupid not to take it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, she should, she should be, she should be a common, you know, like she should be let go. <laughs> they should be giving her a medal for trying to, you know, give the police officer some nutrients. <laughs> You know, vitamin C, <laughs> vitamin so, D. Maybe he was. Maybe he had a donut in hand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was good, ladies That's and enough. gentlemen. Feel free to dial six two six two seven five twin if you have a or, or chime on Facebook if you have your favorite current events, uh, stupid state of the week. Um, uh, Jonesy, ladies and gentlemen, once again with uh, the current events. <laughs> Oh my God! So, um, I got I got. Um, as I as we talked about earlier, um, we had um, last week on our show we had a ten year old, um, a ten year old uh, musician named Justin Pittman. Listen to him right here. Stand by here. Anyway, that's Justin Pittman, 10-year-old musician out of Bakersfield, who last week, or for the past several weeks, was having a campaign on Facebook, on YouTube, and on TwinTalk to get on stage uh, with Cheryl Crow. Actually, it wasn't even several weeks. I think at the, the, largest, the longest time, it was two weeks. Two weeks. Well, whatever the case, he came on Twin Talk and called out Cheryl Crow and said, Hey, Cheryl Crow, I want to perform with you on stage. And guess what? Last week... He got on stage at the Fox Theater in Bakersfield and performed this song. 
Now this isn't a uh, this is not a recording of the event. Uh, this is just him playing in his living room, and uh, we have him on the phone right now. He's going to talk to us and let us know how it went. Uh, Justin, can you hear us? Hello, Justin. Are you on? Yeah, I can hear you very well. Hey, Justin. Thanks so much for being on the show with us again. Congratulations for getting on the on stage with Sheryl Crow. Let me tell you. Well, I, I want to ask you, what happened? How did she get in touch with you? Tell me all about it. We want to hear about it. Well, um, when I found out that uh, I was playing with Cheryl Crow, I got a um, text message from my co-manager, and, um, well, um, uh, it said, um... It said you're playing with Cheryl Crow. <laughs> yeah. And what, and what did you do when you heard that? What did you do? Did you jump up and down? Did you... Did you... I jumped up and down. <laughs> I guess I was. It's like I'm. It's like I was there. I'm psychic. <laughs> and did you scream? Uh, no. I just screamed. <laughs> now, did did you find out how she? How did she find out about you? Oh, uh, what uh, did you say? How did Cheryl Crow? How did Cheryl Crow find out about you? Well, um, Cheryl Crow's nanny showed. Uh, 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 her the video of me playing two of her most popular songs. Okay, now tell me about it. You went to the Fox Theater. You got in front of all these, what, couple thousand, two, three thousand people on stage. Were you nervous? Uh, I was kind of nervous. Yeah, I was. I was just waving like um, slowly. I, I actually I was waving. Uh, uh, as I usually do, but um, I I was kind of nervous. <laughs> now, when when you when you um, when you met with uh, Cheryl Crow, did you guys rehearse and everything? Yeah, we only did it once, and uh, it was easy. Oh, good, 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 good. Hey, uh, hey, Justin, this is Angel. Uh, congratulations, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I hey. congratulate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Justin, is she pretty? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> now, now, I, now, I bet you you're even more popular with the chicks now. When when school starts, all the chicks are going to want to hang out with you. <laughs> yeah, but I really doubt that much people knows about my campaign and um, the Cheryl Crow. Oh, yes, they do. Everyone listens to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel all over the world. All over the world. <laughs> anyway, we want to congratulate you and we want to thank you for being on here. My brother has something else to say. Hey, what's next, Justin? What are you going to do next? Well, um, I'm planning on going to the Kern County Fair with my band, and uh, then another night I'm going to play by myself, and I'm going to have a couple more concerts at my guitar lessons, Rosedale Music. Oh, right on. Oh, a little plug for Rosedale Music. Nice, right on. Well, let us know what you're doing on Facebook, and uh, we'll try to make it. All right. Justin, thanks so much for being on the phone with us. Congratulations. Sure. Keep us posted on all your successes. Okay, big guy? Okay. All right, just Justin Pittman, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, let me. He's already got something lined up. You know, I mean, he's he, he's he, he's. What would you say? A blooming or? He's a blossoming. He's a burgeoning. He's uh, a emerging. Come on. Emerging. He's not a girl. Emerging. <laughs> emerging. Right. I was like, please help me on this. I, <laughs> Sorry there. Rising. Justin. Emerging. <laughs>
Stay away from the blossoms. Okay? Uh, uh, protruding <laughs> on his way to pro puberty. <laughs> you know. I just say, I hope he knocks you, yeah. Justin Bieber out the water. <laughs> What's wrong with Justin Bieber? Have you seen or heard Justin Bieber? <laughs> all, I, all I know is that all the young girls like him. My girls He's like, like made like a lot of money, like the highest pay, uh, paid like concert, I think, last year or something like that. My girls can't stand him. Okay, Thanks we, we got to move on. We got to move <laughs> on. Do you have something Mom, to do with that? right. <laughs> Okay, we got to move on. We're going to go to musical break in a little while, and then we're going to go to our guest, uh, Suzanne Wong. But but before we do, you know, for all you listeners, um, Josie doesn't make it with us every week. Sometimes she can't make it. And do you have to ruffle papers by the mic all the time? I do, man. I wasn't Eating, prepared. Drinking, <laughs> eating. You're always doing that, bro. This is a professional outfit. Let me tell you. I do. Look at him. I'll say Here, Here's the deal. Um, okay. Um, when Josie can't make it, we have JC who does our current events, and her friend Amy Sagatalian is on the phone right now because she's going to be participating in the Avon Breast Walk, and she's having a fundraiser. Amy, can you hear us? I can hear you guys. Oh wow, that was kind of loud. <laughs> that was Jose, not you, Amy. That was that was me. <laughs> Amy, thanks so much for being on Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Really appreciate it. Now you're going to be participating on the Avon uh, Walk for Breast Cancer, correct? Yes. When, uh-huh. is, when is that going to be? That is actually going to be held um, September, the weekend of September 17th to 18th, which is a Saturday and Sunday. It will be held at Santa Barbara. And so what, why are we talking to you today? You, are, you, are you having an event uh, uh, in order to raise money? Tell us about this. Yes, we are actually having our biggest event. This is our fourth event. It will be held in the city of Brea. Um, it will be on... It'll be at 650 Tamarack Avenue in the city of Brea at the Rainchie Apartments. Um, we are going to have a DJ. We're going to have Jerry the Taco Man. He's going to come out. Hey, We're going to be having... We love tacos. We love tacos. Right? <laughs> Jerry the Taco um, Man. Going be... Are you going to have Bobby the Beer Man? <laughs> I wish. I wish. cheese <laughs> truck. We're also going to be having face painting for the kids, um, so the kids can get interactive and don't feel left out. Are you, you, you going to have Leo the pimp? No, go ahead. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Breast milk runs for a high these days. So go ahead. What else is going on? And we're also having um, Shave It Norwalk. They're a new company that are out there, the Shave the Ice company. Oh. They're a mobile company that goes to the They're going to come out and support us. And then also, if you have hairy, big, if you have hairy legs, will they shave your legs too? <laughs> no, 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 not that type of shaving. <laughs> so I wish, you know. Okay, we don't have a lot of time, but so what is this benefiting? What this is, is benefiting. Now, what is this going to benefit? This fundraiser. This fundraiser is going to benefit many um, organizations, like um, hospitals, clinics. Um, they're going to be helping people who cannot afford health insurance, go for annual exams. Um, they're also going to be there to educate people into knowing Fantastic. what the priorities are. And in whose honor are you doing this walk for? We are actually doing this for the, we're doing this in the memory of those who we have lost and those who we wish to keep as long as we can. Well, that's fantastic. So we'll Amy, mm-hmm. uh, once again, give us the date and the t- and the place. And uh, uh, so people know. 
It will be held this Saturday, August the 6th. It will be at 650 Tamarack Avenue in the city of Brea, California. It would be from the hours of 12 to 4. Fantastic. Thanks so much for coming on the, on Twin Talk and letting us know about that. Um, you can go on Twin Talk Show, our Facebook, and see the link uh, to that event and get all the details. Thanks for being with us today, Amy. Thank you guys for the opportunity. Awesome. Bye-bye. So, um, Bye. you know, it's because we care. We do. <laughs> we care about that. We care here at Twin Talk. Anyways, I'll, I'll stop it there. <laughs> we have to, we'll be right back. Tuesday is Wednesday. Listen to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel at 7 p.m. Straight out of the ocean for the other side of the ocean. Sunset Riot on their Mama Said U.S. tour. Over 9,000 miles from Los Angeles to New York, from Florida to Milwaukee, and they're back in L.A. otra vez. September 3rd, 2011, Sunset Riot's farewell show brought to you by Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Your last chance to see Del Rio, Ziggy Scott, JP, Jazz, and Rex. So listen to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel for details and a chance to win VIP status with the boys from down under Sunset Riot. Tired of that same old talk radio? Listen to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. That's how we roll, ladies and gentlemen. That's how we roll. <laughs> That's how we do it again. It's going to be awesome, ladies and gentlemen, when, when they come back. Um, Sunset Riot, as you know, performed their very first um, uh, performance in, in the Northern Hemisphere here, here in, in Dio Luis's Garage. And you guys can catch that show. For those of you who missed it, go to our previous podcast on www. TwinTalkCast.com and look for Aussie Invasion. They do an acoustic set and they play two other uh, CD tracks también. So um, we're going to go on a musical break right now because we have uh, um, we have a special guest coming in with us afterwards. Of course, like we've been telling you about all week, our very own Suzanne Wong is, gonna, is in the house and she's going to be with us in a little while after our musical break. And my brother's going to introduce it because you know what? We are doing what I like to call a twimmer. That means a musical premiere to the twin Empire and the band is called Melody Cult and the track Highway Drive. Tired of that same old talk radio? Listen to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel Tuesdays at 7 p.m.
generation for Prince. Yeah, Andy Allo and Prince uh, covered an Amy Winehouse track, and you can hear it on Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Exclusively. Exclusively. So um, now, um, as we promised, um, listen, I got to tell you, I met Suzanne Wong, I don't know, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. We met on a shoot, and um, and I was just blown away what a cool person she is. Okay, Academy Awards on Oscar.com, she hosted. Of course, we know her from HGTV's um, House Hunters. We know her from um, ABC's General Hospital. She had a cool, cool um, uh, um, role on Las Vegas. Oh, yeah, the, the, the oh girl at the, at the nail lady. Yeah, the crazy nail lady. <laughs> I dig that one. You do a good job. She's been on Two and a Half Men. She's been on Dick Clark's uh, TV's Censored Bloopers, NYPD Blue, um, Keanu Reeves' film Constantine's. She's got a book called Suzanne Wong's Guide to Happy Home Buying. All kinds of stuff. And now she could say that she was on Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Suzanne Wong. <laughs> She sounds awesome. <laughs> Thanks for that intro. You know, it's funny being on House Hunters for almost 10 years and people find out I'm a comedian and they're like, I've seen you on House Hunters. You're not funny. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's not on Comedy Central, bitch. I'm not allowed to be funny on House Hunters. What am I supposed to say? John and Mary Smith are looking for a house. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> do they know they'll be divorced in two years and be all down the drain. And by the way, I tried to be funny on the show, but they would never use those takes. Really? Yeah. You can just imagine the outtakes. I'd like you? to see the outtakes. By the way, that Oscar.com, we, we did this um, sort of unprecedented thing on Oscar.com for the latest Academy Awards broadcast, where we had a, sort of a simultaneous live broadcast on Oscar.com where we had behind-the-scenes cameras oh, and yeah. give trivia and all that stuff. Th- this got nominated for an Emmy Award. Fantastic. I mean, come on. Awesome. For, for interactive media. Awesome. Yeah. I remember that was on, it was a big deal. Everyone was talking about I know. it. It's like because you were being interactive, it was um, uh, you know out on the second on right, demand, right on they the spot. On you the could spot. go right to on. all the different you know the winners circle and the press room and look backstage, and it was pretty cool. That's right. where the world's going to the, with the media now because people can I get know. their their everything instantaneous now with Twitter and everything. Are you a Twitter? Are you a Twitter hoe? No, I'm a Facebook hoe. <laughs> Twitter doesn't make much sense to me. I mean, I go on it because I'm supposed to, but it doesn't make any. I'm like at sign at sign pound sign pound sign. What the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? Facebook makes it like on pound Twitter. The sand. On, twi- on, on Twitter, somebody will say something to me like "oh, 17 and blue," and I'm thinking I don't even remember what they're responding to on Facebook. Right. You can see the whole thread right, right, right. in front of you. I don't get Twitter. But there is a way to do it, but uh, it takes some. Uh, you it know. just doesn't seem intuitive to me the <laughs> way Facebook does. He's all proud of it. I'm a Twitter hoe. Are you a Twitter hoe? Yeah. He I'm a Twitter pimp. Himself, he considers himself the Twitter elite. Oh, really? <laughs> is, that a, is that a twatter? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mentioned that you wrote a book. Now, was, this obviously was in I conjunction did. with House Hunters. Yeah, it was in conjunction with House Hunters. My manager, Ken Cragen, said... Uh, I had a, an idea. You should write a book. And I said, about what? And he goes, about house hunting. And I said, can you realize that I'm not a real estate agent or a house hunting expert? He goes, no. We'll have a co-writer you know, put all the, the factual stuff in who's a, a real estate expert. And then you will put in your sense of humor and your anecdotes and your point of view and your sort of spiritual perspective. And I, I thought, all right. And he was so right. I mean, within wow. a week, we had a co-writer. Within two months, we had co-written the book. We had a publisher. And it all happened you know, within a matter of months. That's fantastic. 
fantastic. Now, and I'm writing a new book. Let's hear about it. Um, the working title is probably either going to be Don't Judge a Gook by her cover, <laughs> or it might be My Left Tit in, in conjunction with my cancer journey. <laughs> we'll talk about the C point. But I, but I do want to say, you're, you're talking about the gook. Yes. Okay. Um, you, you have an alter ego when you go on stage. I think that lady that got a ticket for lactating, she should have <laughs> my lactating tit. My lactating tit. Well, well Josie, her book cover. on a current event, this woman was pulled over and she Jonesy was talking about the fact that women squirted the police officer with uh, with breast milk. I know that's amazing. Is that illegal? <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> it shouldn't be. But let's but let's talk about your alter ego. It all depends on if he you... opened his mouth and received it. You know? <laughs> right. It could have been like Holy Communion. It could have been a sacred moment. <laughs> only, only if he had a donut. <laughs> <laughs> only if her name was Mary. <laughs> now you have your alter ego, Sung Hee Park. Yes, I created this character in acting class at the Beverly Hills Playhouse and Sung Hee Park is fresh off the boat from Korea. Uh-huh. She's never done stand-up before and she's terrified and she comes out you know, in a full traditional Korean dress and she doesn't know what she's doing and if it goes badly, she could cry or go home and kill herself. And, <laughs> and it turns out that she's terrible at it and she didn't even write her own jokes and she does everything wrong. So she's sort of like the antichrist of stand-up comedy. And I created it as, as a satire on racism and ignorance and stereotypes in this country, much like um, Archie Bunker's character in All in the Family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really depresses me that there's a whole generation of people right now who have no idea what that even is because right. I think it was one of the finest shows ever on television. It was yes. it was controversial and topical and it used humor and pathos and satire to really get a point across because I'm sure it wasn't Norman Lear's idea to right. make race and worse, it was to sort of sort of shine a light on it, you know, make you laugh, but also disturb you and make you think a little bit. You know, now, now, talk about thinking. Um, do you find uh, you're a comedian? You're out there, and you hear all the time. Um, it's very easy for ethnic people to make ethnic jokes or stereotype typical jokes, and it's not often that you see it happening with the Caucasian or the white comedians. Right, because historically it was the Caucasians that were oppressing whoever it was. Let her answer, Josie. Hold on, let her answer. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, and and because of that, you know, there there's this attitude of like, oh, you're not allowed to do that. We're allowed to do that. But I actually think that it has everything to do with your intention and with the context of it. It's not the words themselves. You know, when when Michael Richards got slammed for using the word nigger in the context of malice and it wasn't funny and it was horrifying, right? right? But what was interesting is Jamie Masada at the Laugh Factory, which is where this happened, decided to ban the word. And he decided to fine comedians $20 every time they would use that word. And I'm thinking, it's not the word. It's the context and the intention. So what I heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, but that Keenan Ivory Wayans uh, showed up with a stack of 20s and got on stage and went nigger and threw a 20 down nigger, threw a 20 down because he didn't want anybody to tell him what he could or couldn't say. Sure, sure. And for me, we give words power by banning them. Yeah. And we give words power by saying, oh, no, don't don't say that. That's bad. And so I decided to start overusing the word gook. I mean, Lenny Bruce understood this very well. So I, I started getting all my friends to say, call me gook all the time. Say, what's up, my gook? Or, you know, this, hey, it's America his favorite gook and I started signing my emails <laughs> yours gookly or in gooks we trust because now if I overuse it it takes the charge and the power out of the word for me now the word just sounds funny and you cannot hurt me with that word anymore you know um, and it's taking control that's what the, 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 the Chicanos did with the word Chicano it was it was a word that was uh, um, used as a derogatory term towards the Californian 
um, Mexican Americans, first generation, third generation, uh, um, whatever Mexican Americans, and they started using them as a derogatory term. Right. And now they own it. So when right. they ask, oh, "Were you? Are you? I'm Chicano." Chicano is like, I'm born in East L.A. <laughs> right. You cannot use something as a weapon against someone if, if they don't receive it that way. Uh, now, you know, I've, I listen to, I love, first of all, I love Sung Hee Park. I love, you know, like she's just kind of learning. Here's the thing. People either love it and get it or they hate it and they're uh, offended and they send me like horrific email and they say, you're a horrible human being and you're clearly trying to make racism worse in this country. And I'm thinking, you really think that as a minority who's been on the receiving end of racism, that as an artist, it is my goal to make things worse? Right. I mean, really? But don't you think, though, sometimes people do like, like it's okay for you to make make fun of ethnic people because you're ethnic but it's not for other people you know and i know what you're saying but it seems like the political and i'm getting kind of political here political correctness is sort of a double standard when it comes to that but i think political correctness can be really damaging for us to put a fake plastic smile on top of something and pretend everything is fine when it is not and there's different ways i I happen to like using humor to like sort of break down people's walls and defenses and level the playing field and sneak my message in because mm-hmm. one of the things that Reverend Michael Beckwith from Agape says that when we are laughing we are in the present moment it's not possible to be laughing and to be thinking about the past or the future you're mm-hmm. in the moment yeah. right and it also releases endorphins and it's good for your immune system and it's just it's 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 a di- it's a different way of getting your message across and I frankly think that when people are on their soapbox like screaming and pointing their fingers and preaching to people it's easy for people's walls to go up like I don't mm-hmm. want to be mm-hmm. preached to I don't want to be lectured to mm-hmm. so what happens to the person I'm sorry brother but who, what happens to the person in the audience who's listening to you and watching your, your act who does get offended of that one thing well what I love about that is great come to me and let's have a dialogue about it because that's what excites me the kind of art that interests me is art that makes you laugh cry disturbs you makes you think and rattles you and shakes you up otherwise you know what I mean like it's not as interesting to me and but but, but the problem is that sometimes people will come to me it sort of reminds me of road rage the people who are road raging they're not angry at the person in front of them they're angry about something else in their lives and they're Mm -hmm. using that as a scapegoat and sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm a scapegoat because I once had a black woman come up to me after a performance and say how dare you use the n-word how dare you and you know you should be ashamed of yourself and I said okay great let's discuss this because I also used the word cunt and spick and gook and Mm -hmm. chink because to me it's just all of it is ridiculous Mm -hmm. and all of it can be healed, in my opinion, with humor. And I said, so can we talk about this? And she ran off. And it's like, well, no, I mean, don't come up and say that, but then not be willing to have a dialogue. That's like that guy who's always who honks at me on the freeway just because I'm not going faster than... Then what he wants me to do, you know, he's all honking, and then he gets all mad and he takes off the throwing mullets. I mean, I, he, why did he have to honk? I mean, he was going to pass me up anyways. Right, know? but, you know, George Carlin has this great routine that anyone that goes slower than you is a moron and anyone that goes faster than you is an asshole. <laughs> so it's just like whatever you're doing is the perfect thing, right? Live in the that. moment, baby. Live in the moment. So, so you're, you're talking about how releasing the, the words, those words out of you and just letting go is kind of like an, an outward energy flow it's really cathartic to just release it because you know when you when you have something like slavery and and you know the use of certain words as weapons mm-hmm. 
in order to continue the victim consciousness, you have to continue to choose to be upset Mm -hmm. by what's happening. Like one of my favorite stories is there's this Zen Buddhist walking through a forest, right? And he's absolutely blissful, enjoying nature. Everything's perfect. And an abusive man comes up to him and starts swearing at him and screaming and insulting him and degrading him. But the entire time, the Zen Buddhist is just still fine and smiling. So eventually, the abusive man walks off in a huff, right? (laughs) So there's a third man in the forest who sees this interaction and he approaches the Zen Buddhist and he says, I'm sorry, I did not mean to eavesdrop, but that man was so horrible to you and somehow you seem fine. How is that possible? And the Zen Buddhist says, let me ask you a question. If I get you a gift and I wrap it up and I present it to you and you refuse to accept it, who does it belong to? And the man said, well, it would still belong to you. And the Zen Buddhist said, exactly. I just chose not to accept his gift. (laughs) And if you think of abuse as a gift that you have a choice of accepting and getting upset about or going no thanks you can keep that that is the most pa- I mean easier said than done but it can be very powerful to go no thanks you can keep that no I thanks that take that gift and go fuck yourself yes exactly because I wish happens. I could have said that about the gifts that I got from my tia man. but I mean think about it if you if somebody's trying to say something horrible to you and you just smile and walk away and say no thanks they still have that yeah. if you take it in and eat it and get all upset now they don't have it anymore and they're happy and now you're walking around with that bile and is, you don't need to. Is that why you did uh, uh, Taboo Tales? Yes. You know, it's so interesting. Uh, taboo, <laughs> what he's talking about is I just did um, uh, a spoken word event that's fantastic called mm-hmm. Taboo Tales at the Zephyr Theater on Melrose. And I think it's there's a website called TabooTalesTheShow.com. It's regular, right? Yes. Okay. It's um, like once a month or twice a month. But basically... Um, there's a 12-step saying we are only as sick as our secrets mm-hmm. and how healing and cathartic it can be for everybody to just reveal your secrets because we all have them in common. <laughs> everybody has some pathology or secret that they, they feel ashamed of and there's no reason to feel ashamed uh-huh. of it. So I did a um, – I've been living with stage 4 breast cancer for uh, about – Five months now, and it's my third time having breast cancer in five years. I like to say it's because I'm an overachiever, like any good Asian. <laughs> um, but I, I tell the story about it, and I, I, I use my humor, and you know, I, I, I'm brutally honest about it, and. I'm very sort of bold about it now that I finally come out of the cancer closet. And it has been incredibly healing. I mean, it included me for the very first time going, here's what they look like now, and flashing my half-mutilated, you know, deformed left tit to everybody. (laughs) And people were sort of stunned and shocked. And then, like, people were laughing and crying Mm -hmm. and standing up and, Mm -hmm. and then afterwards telling me, I have AIDS or I'm infertile or my father, you know, used to beat me. And it, 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 it's there's something empowering about giving people permission mm-hmm. to sort of let their freak flag fly. And just, you know, I think that part of what's really toxic is that we are made to uh, be ashamed of whatever's going wrong. I mean, it's part of Asian culture yeah. to really... Um, you know, I've got it handled. I've got it covered. My life is perfect. You know what I mean? It's considered really low class and and disgusting to air your dirty laundry in public. Is that true in the... Uh, and, in, and, and maybe the, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm letting my freak flag go. Oh, nice. You're missing my, it. He's my, letting his freak flag fly. His dreads are flying all over the place. His hands are up in the air. Yeah, you know, in the, in the Catholic, uh, in the Mexican Catholic 
uh, community. Aren't you supposed to act like everything's fine and Every, you don't need help? Yeah, right? everything's fine. You don't need help. You don't right. talk about things. You don't right. air your dirty laundry. Right. You just suppress it. Right. And, you know? and suppression. We see what suppression does yep. mm-hmm. to people. You know. Now, now I want to go back because you get you've ta- you've kind of delved a little bit into uh, philosophy or, or spirituality, and mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't know that you're a, you're a minister. I'm a right. I'm a universal life minister, meaning that I can you know marry you if if you so choose. Um, but I also studied science of mind, which is more like new thought metaphysical philosophy for two years and I was thinking of becoming a science of mind minister as well um, now I heard I heard you say once that God is an Asian woman <laughs> no th- well now you just ruined my punchline <laughs> basically I said that I learned something uh, profound about God through the transitive property of mathematics and the, if you don't know the transitive property of mathematics which I learned probably in junior high school is that if a equals B and B equals C it right. follows that a equals C that's the transitive property gotcha so if God God is me, and I am an Asian woman. That means that God is an, an Asian woman. There you go. <laughs> no, another thing is, you compared a spiritual journey to a high colonic I class. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about the the math class yeah. or the God is me? Well, you know, part of the philosophy of New Thought principles is that God is not some white guy floating in the sky that exists outside of you. God consciousness is just like pure, infinite wisdom and love, uh-huh. and it, it exists within every one of us, and it connects all of us, mm-hmm. right? And so that's what it means when you say God is me, God is you, God is everybody, God that, is everything. The are, you listen, source. are you listening, brother? Listen. The, yes. The eternal source. And so, yes, I... I actually uh, recently started taking a songwriting class for the first time, and uh, songwriting was never something that I thought I would do in a million years. Even though I love music, I thought songwriting is something other people do. And uh, this woman, Harriet Shock, who's famous for writing the hit, the Helen Reddy hit, Ain't No Way to Treat a Lady, is a phenomenal songwriting teacher. So I started taking classes, and she really encourages you to write songs that are personal to you. So um, I was having a lot of, you know, part of healing myself from cancer involves releasing any anger and resentment that I have, right? So I wrote a, a punk rock song called Rectal Release. And the, the metaphor was that um, that certain people are full of shit and should really get a colonic, <laughs> uh, you know, in, in a metaphorical way. And so it, it was, ri- have it? it was <laughs> written for a specific person, but it's dedicated to all the spirit, especially the worst person to me is a hypocrite and a spiritual person who pretends that they're all sanctimonious and the way they live their lives is actually nothing like that. Let's play it, man. Yeah, oh, you, can, we, it. can we play it? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Okay, here we go. <laughs> You're a toxic dumb, you're full of shit, you're a cock monkey, god junkie, hypocrite. I can't believe it, you're gonna explode if you don't relieve your pathological load. You can talk the talk, go to church all day, but that one's straight to crusty chunks of bullshit away. So brace yourself, sorry no lube, as we see your fecal matter shooting through the glass tube. Rectal release. <laughs> so 
shut the fuck up or else I pity the fool who meets you at a bar and Mr. And talk about God. She'll think you're Prince Charming, but you're such a damn fraud. If only you could have been sorry. If only you could have had balls. If only you didn't have douchebuck written on your rectal walls. If only you'd begged for forgiveness the way that a real man would. I still would have left your Beg. sorry ass. Like a real man. But it would have felt so good. Unlock your hole and save your soul. Rectal release, rectal release. You're a disgrace. Oh, what a waste. Rectal release, rectal release. I am not your master cleanse. This is where the story ends. So ask back, leave me in peace. Rectal release. <laughs> 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 I love watching Angel sing along and thrash his dreads around to that song. That's the greatest. No, that's because I had to go to the restroom. I had a record <laughs> release. Eh? <laughs> I, I love too that. Like, how many ministers do you know would like write a punk rock? Song? <laughs> yeah, I watched one of your sermons on online, and uh, you talked about having a colonic. I did in front of the what do you call it parishioners? What do you call the it? Congregation, congregation, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm, I did because I don't know. Have you ever actually gotten a, a colonic? No, but I got to tell you. Tell me. In my forty-three years, I've I'm, I'm considering it. Yeah, because I've heard some really good things What's about a colonic. It. A colonic <laughs> is when you um, basically get a tube shoved up your ass, <laughs> and they they put in like warm water and herbs that dissolve. Like I don't know if you realize this, but if you've ever eaten anything that's not good for you in your life time, which is pretty likely, yeah. um, it, it can sort of build up, you know, like what you use Drano for because there's buildup, you know, yeah. that sort of forms and hardens around. <clears throat> That's why like drains get sluggish. That can happen to your intestines. Uh-huh. And this basically helps pull it all out of you all at once. And, and the bizarre all thing is, once. even though it, it's a weird feeling while it's <laughs> happening, afterwards you feel so euphoric because you've literally gotten a bunch of shit out of you all at once. <laughs> And it's, you know, it's and, and I compare um, a spiritual journey to giving yourself a, a spiritual colonic because you have to take all the pieces of shit that are in your way, like mm-hmm. your anger, your resentment, your fear, mm-hmm. your perfectionism, your judgment, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and you have to get it up and out and release yourself of it for you to have any sort of serenity, mm-hmm. you know? And, well, uh, you know, they say that you do, who does it, people do this regularly, right? Like, yeah, uh, apparently uh, Princess Diana was addicted to them. Kenny Loggins? There are people that use it to lose weight, which is not, you're not supposed to do it no. too often because, you know, it can throw off the balance. Like, you're supposed to take acidophilus or probiotic to sort mm-hmm. of supplement, you know what I mean? It's not something you're supposed to do that often, I don't think. Well, so, you, yeah, you like to have that residual <laughs> toxins in you, you know, because when, when you're fiending a little bit. <laughs> well, you know, when you do detoxify your body, you're not supposed to do it really like suddenly and all at once because it can actually make you sick because your body, you know, can mm. go into shock. Look what almost. happened to Jerry yeah. Garcia. Jerry Garcia got clean and he died. Is that what really what happened? He, I don't he, know about him. Jerry Garcia. Don't tell me he got a colonic and died. No, no. He was... He was you know, he was on drugs forever. He was 60, 70 years old. And then he, he decides to He decided to detox, and he dies within a, a, a six months. Because the thing is, you really have to be gradual and gentle with your body while you're detoxifying. He detoxed, and he realized what year it was. And he's like, <laughs> oh, wait, I thought it was the 60s. <laughs> 
Now, your grandfather was a minister, too. He was. He was a famous Korean minister who traveled the world preaching, and he used to um, do the Voice of America radio show, which is the U.S. government-sanctioned you know, radio network. And he also was controversial <laughs> for using humor in his sermons, so it's not that surprising that I, that I end up being a comedian and a minister. Because some people said, oh, no, church no funny. And he said, no, only way get people stay awake. So he would make jokes every Sunday. And... He also collected – he had like 60 different ancient musical instruments from countries all over the world. He learned to play every one of them. And, you know, he's really my hero. When did – yeah, and did that have something to do with you? Obviously, it had something to do with you being on stage and becoming a comedian. When did you – was it really early on that you decided – you wanted to be a comedian? No. Oh, no. I didn't become a comedian until 2002, and I've been acting for 20 years. Um, I was never going to be a comedian. It was um, the Beverly Hills Playhouse where I study acting. They encourage you to write your own material and take risks. So I thought, I'll do stand-up comedy once because I'm an adrenaline junkie. I've been skydiving, hang gliding, bungee jumping, you know, rock climbing, and I'm, I like adrenaline. And so I thought, well, what would be scarier than doing stand-up comedy when I don't think I'm funny? So I signed up to do it, and I did it in class and it went so well that it actually became... Now you're, you're not funny. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm still not funny. There's some... Um, I think Steve Martin... Was it a Steve Martin line where somebody said, oh, you're a comedian. Are, are you funny? And he says, it's not that kind of humor. I mean, are you funny? And I also... I don't know if you have interviewed any other comedians, but the worst thing is somebody says, oh, you're a comedian? Say something funny. Like, oh, you're an accountant? Do my taxes right now, bitch. It's like, I'm not a monkey. You know what I mean? I'm not a seal. I don't perform my yeah. cue. <laughs> now, when we met, when we met uh, I was working for NBC, and we were shooting a, um, uh, a cancer story. We were doing, it was uh, Cancer Awareness Month, I believe, or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, I don't and know what it was, but it was having we to do. We were doing a, a piece about my journey. Your journey uh, yeah. during, during your cancer ordeal. Right. Um, uh, what, what struck me about Ace... You gotta stop chewing into the microphone. You're killing me. Anyway, <laughs> he thrashes his dreads, chews into the microphone. Anyway, what struck me about it is that we so during during the conversations, I, I realized that you were very candid about it, um, on camera and off camera, and you were telling and you were saying things like that were really, for instance, you talked about how you pick no bones about being serene and spiritual and objective about it but then sometimes being kind of pissed off about it of course yeah i mean when you have a life threatening illness it really brings up everything inside of you and you you realize what you're really made of but you know it's the whole gamut of emotions that you experience um but i'm actually really glad i, I was sort of in the cancer closet for five years and it was explain that what is the cancer closet the cancer closet means like coming out of the cancer closet means talking about it for the first time it's like you know coming out as being gay or whatever your thing is and I had many I thought wonderful reasons for keeping it quiet first of all I'm a very private person and then when I became a celebrity I wanted to be even more private like this isn't my business it's none of your business I was also concerned that I would now be peg-holed forever as the tit cancer girl and that's all <laughs> anyone would ever want to talk about and my boyfriend Eric Schwartz who's an amazing singer-songwriter, he convinced me that I should just um, not worry about that, that no one could ever peg-hole me because I'm so multifaceted, I would never let that happen. Yeah. And then I was concerned about everybody's unsolicited advice or judgment of me, and then I was ashamed, and I'm thinking, why am I ashamed? I found out that Wayne Dyer, who's a spiritual guru, has leukemia, and I remember thinking, yay, that's so awesome, and people are like, what's the matter with you? And I'm like, no, not awesome that he has leukemia, but... 
the fact is I love Wayne Dyer and I don't I think he's awesome and I don't think he's any less awesome just because he has leukemia and I don't think he did anything wrong that he should be ashamed of to have leukemia so why wouldn't I afford myself the same perspective mm-hmm. and I also thought I told Eric I said you know I'm a I'm an inspirational speaker and a minister I have to wait until after I've healed myself and then talk about it and he says no babe you're always talking about how it's the journey not the destination right. you need to let people in with your honesty and your courage and your humor of how you're navigating it now people need you now people are going through it now and I thought oh shit he's right and so for all of those reasons, I thought, okay, let me just talk about it now. Because I thought, I'm really sick and broke. I've spent all of my money looking for a cure. What am I going to tell people? Hey, if you want to be sick and broke too, come and listen to me. And he goes, no, it's about who you are. And you you know, you can give people some of your honesty and courage and humor can rub off on people if, you talk, if you're willing to be candid about it now. Right. So I went from not talking about it to, you know, pretty much talking about it and performing and writing and creating about it. You know, how's it been received? Uh, I have to tell you that um, to trust my instincts to listen to him was the best idea ever because I feel like um, it it makes it so that, first of all, I'm not alone. I have received so much love and support, and I've been a source of um, love and support for other people, apparently, who are going through this. So it's become something that's much bigger than just me as an individual, so I'm really glad that I did. One thing you you just mentioned in passing that you're you're going through the cancer and you're broke, and one thing that, uh, again, struck me when we met and we were talking about this on and off camera Mm -hmm. um, uh, during that NBC shoot was that you were um, very candid about the fact that you've you've you're you're fighting this cancer thing you've tried a lot of things and it's put you in a financial hardship you were very kind of that's about another that. humbling thing to admit isn't it especially celebrities are supposed to be the big shots who right. are rich and, and their lives are perfect right. uh, i do want to address something that you just said which is the word fighting mm-hmm. because um it's a word that has been sort of put on me about this journey and that's how I had been approaching it for five years and it wasn't working and and one of the things that Marianne Williamson who is a friend of mine and she's an incredible spiritual guru herself and an international best-selling author and public speaker and she said you know how's that been working for you because when you fight against like whatever you resist persists it's sort of a spiritual principle like right. when we talked about whatever you when you ban a word you empower the word right. whatever you resist persists and george carlin has this great quote um fighting for peace is like fucking for virginity <laughs> right it doesn't make sense right. and einstein said you cannot solve a problem from the same energy or consciousness that created the problem and mother teresa said she would not attend an anti-war rally but if you had a pro-peace rally she'd be happy to attend and so i've stopped thinking of it as fighting the cancer because if I'm fighting the cancer then I am, I have the energy of the cancer and so I'm not doing that I am releasing the cancer I am embracing my health I am basking in the present moment more than ever before because I'm so grateful to be alive every day I am overflowing with gratitude I am receiving love I am laughing I'm having lots of great sex and that's how I'm healing I love it my kind of woman <laughs> but so anyway people love to say keep fighting Suzanne and fight the fight and My fight arm the good fight a little bit. and battle and <laughs> battle and fight and fight. But people love to use that word yeah. and they, they make assumptions that that's what I'm doing. And, I, you know, maybe that works for other people, but it's not my journey because I've been right. fighting my whole life. Right, right. Well, my arm kind of hurts, so I think I'm going to go have a little sex. <laughs> Make it feel better. Now, when, that, when, we were t- when we were chatting back and forth about you coming here in Theolisa's Garage and being with us, and thank you. Thanks for being here, by Absolutely. the way. Absolutely. This is awesome. One of the things we talked about, and you mentioned that you want to talk about, and you, miss, you corrected my spelling, 
was grammar granny. Uh, is- I am absolutely a grammar and spelling and punctuation freak because I just feel like what is happening to the English language when there's billboards and newspaper headlines with things that are misspelled, incorrect grammar. Yes. I mean, I, I just happen to love the English language. <laughs> like when people say height, like there's an H at the end of it, I go, I go mental. It's like it, it's not height, it's height. You're right. It's height. Uh, I'm the same way. I'm going to get you. Give me your number. I'm going to text you. T- <laughs> what, he's going to text me some incorrect things totally. just to bug the shit out totally. of Totally. I'm, I'm the same way. I get so frustrated. Uh, I'm, uh, I will admit, though, that was my typo. Oh, so you didn't know how to spell I it. Do you not just typed it incorrectly. Type that's it that's incorrectly. better. Although I did put the space between them, which was wrong. <laughs> but, dude, I, I, I got the, the edited version like on the three amigos. Eh? <laughs> I don't say Y-O-U. It's a U. You don't put you. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> I don't understand what you just. Said. I don't understand either, dude. <laughs> oh, you mean like when, like the letter U instead of Y O U? Yeah. Well, that's different from not knowing how to spell something. Right. Uh. You know that U is spelled Y O U. <laughs> the thing that you know makes me nervous is when pe- like people don't know the difference between Y O U apostrophe R E means right. you are, and Y O U R means possessive, like your car or your right. house. I thought people they were just being that. diverse. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> so. So let's talk about it. you. Want, you mentioned codependent. Yes, I did. Um, so one of the interesting things about the journey that I've been having with breast cancer is that it has forced me to um, slow down and ask for help. And I, I've spent my whole life being a superwoman, healer, rescuer, fixer, teacher, mentor to everybody else and never allowing anyone to help me right. or even admitting that I needed help. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about um, being a recovering codependent is that I have to stop being addicted to everybody else's drama and life and problems and putting all of my attention on fixing them. When if you like one of the um, principles of Al-Anon, which is for people who want to, you know, relieve themselves of codependence is put down the magnifying glass and pick up the mirror, meaning if you want to work on yourself, that's a full-time job. Right. And, and you better make sure that your own basic needs are met before you... You know how they always say, if the plane's going down, you put the oxygen mask on yourself first. First, yeah. And then you worry about helping other people, right? And I, it got to the point where I was trying to give people water from an empty well. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. And so my recovering uh, from codependence means that I need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself and that I don't put myself last on the list. And so many women are sort of trained to make themselves be last on the list and make sure that their husband, their boyfriend, their parents, their children, their friends are all okay. But then they're in the meantime getting sick and they're exhausted. They're resentful. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it's just not healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, that's why the saying goes, puff, puff, pass. <laughs> you puff it first and then you pass it. Are you making a marijuana reference right now? So Speaking of which, I have a medical marijuana license and they um, it has been the only thing that has helped me with the side effects from radiation making me completely uh. nauseous. Actually, it's nauseated. My friend Dylan will be happy to. <laughs> I just said nauseated instead of nauseous. Um, it, th- there's this tincture that comes like in liquid form that you put a few drops under your tongue and it goes right into your capillaries because I don't prefer to smoke or when you eat it, it's really strong. Right. Um, but it's been the only thing that has helped me because you know that anti-nausea medication makes you dizzy. So I'm like, uh-huh. great. So then I have to take anti-dizzy medication that will make me nauseous. I mean, come on. Come on. You know, it's like an endless just, loop of prescription take medication. a, a nausea... A nausea- herb and, and, and get high while you're at it. <laughs> so it's truly been the only thing that's helped me get no. my appetite back is having a little bit of medicinal marijuana tincture. So there you go. Right on. Right on. Now, you know, um, before we before we go, I want to 
ask you if you have anything you, you want to plug, any shows, anything going on? Oh, yeah. Thank you for asking. Yeah. I actually am doing a show. Is this live right now? Yes, it is. I'm doing a show tomorrow night. Um, it's a storytelling event called The Story Salon, and it's at the Coffee Fix in Studio City. I believe it's 12508 Moore Park Street, and it's free, and it starts at 8 p.m. Awesome. That's Wednesday, August 3rd. I'm also doing a stand-up for cancer event in San Luis Obispo on Saturday night, August 6th. I can put the info on my website. Um, my website, by the way, is S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-W-H-A-N-G dot com. Um, and I'm doing a show at the Talking Stick in Venice uh, from 6 to 9 p.m. on Sunday, August 14th. Um, there's going to be a big fundraiser for me on September 24th, and more details will follow. But, you know, if people are interested in contacting me or possibly making a donation, I mean, basically, I have five years' worth of medical bills that have completely just, you know, right. floored me and things that aren't covered by insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can make a donation on my website, and it's been so humbling. I mean, I cry tears of joy pretty much every day. It's like my heart has been cracked open from all the love and support I've gotten from people who've never even met me but are fans of House Hunters or something that I've said done and you know sometimes it means even more to me when I get a donation for ten dollars which means they can't really afford more than that but they're giving some of the little that they have to help me out Mm -hmm. and it's been so beautiful because I've spent a lot of my life giving to people and charities and never expecting anything in return and now that I need it it's all rushing in Mm -hmm. well you you know what uh, we talked about that when we met and how how you've been affected and you realize things like this bring out you realize who your friends are yes and I realized that Everyone that I thought was my friend is. I mean, who gets to find that out? And I tell people that I feel like Jimmy Stewart at the end of It's a Wonderful Life and the whole (laughs) community comes together and, you know, he's just crying because he can't believe, like, all, you know, that everybody's coming together. Like, the sense of compassion and community and cooperation that I've received has been deeply moving and and it's restored my faith in humanity. You know, one one note, on a side note, I got to tell you, I love the, the tag on the top of your web. Page. Oh, little yellow, different, better. <laughs> so here's how that started. There, a long time ago, there was a commercial for a painkiller called Nuprin. And okay. on, in the commercial, it said little, yellow, different, better, meaning <laughs> that's the little yellow pills. I remember watching it going, little, yellow, different, better. That's me. <laughs> so I'm just going to take that tagline. And luckily, they've never sued me. I don't, I don't know if they exist anymore. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I got to tell you, um, big fan obviously of house hunters it's a huge show still watch the reruns and uh I know they shoot them all in L.A. It doesn't matter what city it is. They do. <laughs> because think about it. There's like 10 different film crews at any given moment. They're all across, you know, all the across world the, doing it. Yeah. And her stand-ups are always at some innocuous hedge, right? Yes. <laughs> or they try, to, they try to find a hedge that looks like I'm in Brazil. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but big fan of the show. Love Sung Hee Park. And Las Vegas is on in reruns on TNT, too. Oh, so if you want to watch... Yeah, TNT. I love Vegas. that show. I don't know why they took it off. I yeah. was, it was one of my After guilty After the plans. writer's strike. Oh, that's they right. They decided it was too expensive. The, the writer's strike. But I had a blast working on that show. It was. And then they did shoot some of it in Vegas, right? Did they? No, they, not much. They, they created an entire huge casino in two sound stages at Culver Studios in Culver City. Interesting. I yeah. thought they shot some of it in Vegas, but maybe... Not, I don't... Probably very little right. of it, yeah. The B-roll. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Suzanne Wong with us today. Um, please, please, go on her website. Say the website again. S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-W-H-A-N-G.com. You're going to find a lot of stuff. You'll see stuff about uh, Sung Hee Park, and uh, I'm sure there's stuff from your show and bio stuff. Check it out. And uh, merchandise, too, right? Yeah, there's some merch. Some cool Sung Hee Park merch. <laughs> you, you can get a Sung Hee Park thong if you want. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> hey, 
Thanks for coming down and bringing thank your you, vibe. Angel. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, son of a funky <laughs> part. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. <laughs> My favorite Korean lady. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back with Angel's Chill Lounge. Hug a twin today. Listen to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Kick back. And listen. A vulgar expression used endearingly, meaning, what's the big deal? Que tanto pedo that the immigrant does not have papers in order, or if your minority group is marginalized? Que tanto pedo if an ethnic group makes fun of you but you can't of them? Or if an active group <laughs> qualifies for assistance or not? <laughs> Que tanto pedo if I get it wrong when I'm doing the chill lounge, Jesse. <laughs> when engaging in rhetoric for or against such, take a moment and consider not the content, lest you afford its justification. Instead, consider the root of it. It hints of fear of loss or being cheated. This makes one defensive and compelled to engage in a rebuttal to counter response which ultimately perpetuates that which we are defensive about in the first place. This creates a sense of separateness from our brothers and sisters. Consider this. Make the fear of separateness from our brothers and sisters of greater significance in your life and the fear of the previously mentioned will then go away. Chill. One love. Yeah, and that's another edition of my brother's Chill Lounge. And thank you once again for tuning in to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. We had a great time just kind of chilling with you guys. We're just kicking it. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, everybody that I didn't give a shout out 
thanks to you guys too. <laughs> We're shouting out to you. Listen, we we thank uh, blanket shout out. How's that? <laughs> thank you to Justin Pittman who for the phone call. Thank you for Amy Sagatellian. Thank you, of course, to Suzanne Wong who was here at the Elisa's Garage. And wa- make sure to friend us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Twin Talk Show. Also, listen to us on iTunes. Search for Jose- Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. And keep listening to our promos for the farewell Twin Talk. Show farewell sunset <laughs> sunset right farewell show. <laughs> Have you been drinking, brother? Nah, man. Nah, nah. Anyways, I thanks wish. again, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Listen for our podcasts on www.twintalkcast.com. All right. Good night, everyone. Shoo.